0: There are the joyful agains, our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Thanks for joining us for the Again Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox, and today I'm choosing to replay an episode because I think it might be an ideal time to have a refresher. As we embrace the unstructured time provided for by the holidays, I find it can be really wonderful to revisit what we desire to have happen in our home. We are replaying The Sandpaper Sound of Siblings. That episode was highly listened to, but it's one of the things we deal with most in our homes, and it is one of our most requested topics to discuss. I know that I always appreciate having a refresher on solid parenting wisdom. Every day in our own homes, we see the tension of raising children and raising siblings. I love that this episode talks about stewarding it and not just managing it. Actually pointing our children toward loving, lifelong relationships. As we discuss that sandpaper sound of siblings smoothing out each other's rough edges and the iron sharpening iron in your home, Betsy Corning, Jen Freckman, and Emily Deal will give practical systems but also getting to the heart of what do you really do? What does a good apology look like? And how do you encourage your children to work out biblical principles like forgiveness and showing grace and having restoration in the home? It's a very comprehensive topic. But hopefully, these few moments of wisdom give you inspiration to press into the Lord for how to guide your children to love each other and to love Him. All right, Emily, you have two children, which can present a beautiful opportunity for bonding, but then a little bit of a challenge sometimes, too. So I would love for you to speak to how you've managed that in your home and the wisdom that the Lord's brought you.
1: Yes, we have two children, my oldest being 17, and that is my son, and then my youngest being actually almost 13, and that is my daughter. So throughout the years, sibling relationships shift and change as they mature, and you face different challenges, but something consistent that we have sat in our home is to keep short account of one another's wrongdoing. Because you will most definitely disappoint one another. It's inevitable. Or hurt one another. And so having the ability to be quick to forgive, which I understand when they're young, is a hard thing to work through. But if you can stay consistent and work through it to the age that my kids are 17 and almost 13 it reaps great benefits because you've trained them to keep short account. Now that does not mean that they do it perfectly, but we've used the verse in Ephesians for 30 31 and 32 and it speaks to letting all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice and be kind one to another, tender-hearted forgiving each other, just as God and Christ has also forgiven you. And so along those lines, we also have talked a lot with our children about cheering one another on. There can be so much tension within siblings of different opportunities that come their way at different times. When they were young, there was a lot of, that's not fair. <laughs> We've all heard that phrase. Right. And so we talked a lot with them that you will have different opportunities at different time. My oldest may get to go to a really fun church activity or an amusement park and my daughter, you know, may not. And that's okay, but the important thing is to cheer one another on and be happy when opportunities come their way at different times. That's helped us a lot as well. And I would say also speaking into each other's day at, at the dinner table and asking questions to one another about what they've done and how it went and, oh, how did the golf tournament go and what happened and funny stories and just cultivating that relationship of interest in each other's interests. And as I said before, as they get older, this will just come like second nature because you've built it into them. Mm. So yes, we've worked very hard to keep the competition away from each other and to respect one another's interests and to love on each other because we've also uh, talked about the verse, encourage one another while it is still today. Those are just a few tips that have helped us.
2: It reminds me of the verse that says, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And so not having a spirit of competition with each other. But Mm -hmm. when your sibling gets to go to Six Flags and you're staying home, rejoice with them. That's so fun for you. I'm so happy. And just, you know, dying to self. Isn't that what forgiveness is? Is dying to self and being able to rejoice with others and not put yourself first. And we've said that with our kids, that you need to be willing to yield your demands, your ways that you want to be treated, your rights to your siblings at times. Mm -hmm. It's not always about you. It's not always gonna be your special moment, your special day. And God was willing to die, Jesus was willing to die on the cross for us and to give up his life for us. And so if it's the ability to be able to roll that off your back, die to self, let that go, and not need every moment of your life to be met the way you want it, how you want it, and when you want it. That's a huge skill to learn, even for adults. It's hard. It's hard to do that because we see the desire that we have. So we've tried to teach our kids that you work it out first. If you have a problem with your sibling, you go to them first. And you say, that hurt my feelings that you did this. And you try to work it out. And if the two of you cannot work it out, then you need to come to mom and dad. But even in coming to us, you can't just come and tell everything that your brother did. If you need help working it out, then you come to me and you say, I have a hard time seeing my own sin. Can you help me work this out and help me see where I may have gone wrong? That's a totally different attitude than, Mm -hmm. he came and he took this out and he wanted this. Then you just want revenge. Mm -hmm. You just want justice in your own way. And so Mm -hmm. we've really tried to pour into them that, Reconciliation and forgiveness they work together, but it starts with you mm-hmm. owning your own sin and, mm-hmm. and reconciling yourself in your heart right with the Lord first, and then you can rightfully go to that person and ask for, for forgiveness. we even talked about having a correct apology, owning what you did, saying what was wrong, how you wish you would have done it or you might do it better in the future, and asking that forgiveness from that person, and then we always have them end with a hug and we have them say best buddies. So they have to look at each other, smile and say best buddies. And Mm -hmm. then when they've smiled and they've moved on, then they know Mm -hmm. that their hearts are right. And if they can't do that, their heart's not right. Mm -hmm. And they're they're still tripped up.
3: I always Mm -hmm. say if they can go on doing what they were doing before the squabble, that they've actually gone full circle that they've really reconciled with each other Mm -hmm. but i think it's so important because you can look at relationships of people i i would even use my own family as an example when i was younger my mom would repeat that verse and she would say be tenderhearted." when she saw us getting to that point but then not really teaching us how to ask forgiveness how to own our sin it's still hard Mm in life if you haven't really been taught that as a child there's a lot of pride that can build up and that in older sibling relationships can really cause difficulties because grudges can be held on to and it's just really sad because we always say family is your constant Mm -hmm. and i tell my grandkids and my kids no matter where you go in the world your brothers and sisters are your constant Mm -hmm. you'll have friends that you think are your very best friends, but they will probably come and go. And your siblings are forever. So Mm -hmm. learn to really ask forgiveness, Mm -hmm. and receive forgiveness and be quick to forgive. It's really three parts. Mm -hmm. And if we can think about ourselves, am I able to ask forgiveness? Am I able to model that? to my kids, because that's a humbling thing. Mm -hmm, So if we can ask forgiveness of somebody, sometimes even of our kids, we have to ask forgiveness. So if we're able to ask forgiveness, then we're modeling to them that humility. And then if we give forgiveness quickly, so if they ask their sibling for forgiveness and they give it quickly, that's what we want them to learn, to quickly Mm -hmm. forgive, not to hold those grudges, and then to receive it if you've received forgiveness from somebody, that's a very healing thing. Mm -hmm. So if those three things are happening. And the earlier they're happening, when children are young, and they're learning that like you both have said already, is amazing. I look at biblical examples of sibling relationships gone awry, it seems like there's more of them have gone very badly. And Cain and Abel, obviously, we would never want anything like that. Mm -hmm. Joseph and his brothers, although God worked it for good. So God can take the relationships that seem to have gone badly and work it for his good. David's sons, because of what he modeled for his sons, they went poorly. So I think we can take those examples and think, we don't want to teach our kids partiality, or if there's jealousy between them, we really want to address that early on yeah Mm -hmm. i think also it's
2: important for our kids to see that early on in life sometimes you are not going to get an apology and even as an adult there's been times that i've had to forgive people who have never apologized but i needed to forgive them for my own heart before the lord and also to work through that pain and so when you are given a true apology from someone that softens your heart to them so much. And so mm-hmm. being yes. willing to submit to that and being able to forgive, even when you're not given the apology from someone to allow your the Lord to
3: soften your heart. So the bitterness doesn't build up in your heart. Yeah. So you can be, they're off your hook. Yes. And I see that because in older relationships with siblings, let's say older grown ups. They may be holding a grudge, and Mm -hmm. you have to forgive them and forgive them and forgive them. For some reason, they hold on to a hurt that you cannot get to the bottom of. For Mm -hmm. whatever reason, we know these things can happen. It's happened in my family. But I've also seen that grace given and prayer really, really, really makes a difference. And over many years, can soften the heart of the other person. So we Mm -hmm. forgive them so we don't become bitter, Mm -hmm. even if we have to sometimes bear up under harsh feelings from other siblings. But how sad when it is family, right? Yeah. So that's why we work on them very, very much with our little ones. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's such a training
0: ground for all of life. All of these blessings we have that start in a family. We will be in relationships forever. And so I tell my children regularly, do you understand what a blessing this will be for your marriage? your brother is teaching you how to be a good husband right now. So for me, I love homeschooling because it gives me an opportunity to steward these relationships. My kids are together all the time, and I'm with them all the time. And I've realized, Jen, I'm not doing what you were saying very well. I've been convicted of this recently, that I'm not training them to handle it on their own without Mm -hmm. me because I'm always there. Mm. So I think I've had kind of the standard for myself almost that I'm trying to model the omnipresence of God or the availability of God. I want my children to know they can come to me and mom's here for you. And I was convicted of that a couple years ago specifically that no, it's okay for them to know that mom wasn't available, Mm -hmm. that only God is always available to you. And so sometimes you're going to need to work things out and I can't be there. And so I feel my kids are getting to that point now they're 12 and five and a half that I need to be setting up a better standard of how do we approach each other how do we work through that when mom isn't available to help us but I really try to encourage them to see the wonderful parts of each other even in the conflict Mm. do you see how forgiving your brother is so that, that son might be the most impulsive or struggle with self-control, but he is so forgiving and he has such a tender heart. And so I, I say, do you see that in him? And I know you, you're so self-controlled. But honey, sometimes when we're self-controlled, we struggle with thinking that we're always right. And so we need to have humility too. And sometimes I've learned that they're telling me their stories and it's a little bit too heated and I need to maybe take one into a different room and just let them know, I hear you. I hear that that was frustrating. Do you see the other perspective? And just relating to them and empathizing, you know, I chose daddy. And still, there are moments where mom has a hard time being mm-hmm. gracious and asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. or walking in humility or patience. And mm-hmm. so I know the Lord chose this for you, and it makes sense that you're having conflict. So I think when you expect that, of course, these this iron sharpening iron is not always the prettiest sound in your home, I think that helps you to not think, what am I doing wrong or what's wrong with them? Why can't they just get along? I think you should think this is exactly what it should sound like. We're working it out. Yes. We're, we're training them. All those rough edges are being smoothed into the character that God wants them to have. I think a trend in our culture right now is busyness and filling our lives with activity. So much so that some of these relationships mm-hmm. can't be stewarded well. So there's a conflict, but we'll get to it later. We've got to handle something else and not prioritizing. No, we need to get to the heart of this. And so I would challenge moms to not put Band-Aids on things, not to just save everything for later, to realize if this is a problem in your home, go after it. Give those kids that are struggling, really give them time to work through it. Provide bonding experiences for them. You know, if I'm going to pick two kids to go to grandma's house, I'm going to pick the two maybe that are struggling because I know they're going to go have a bonding experience together and they'll come back and they'll be like, we had so much fun together, even though maybe there might be a little friction. So just trying to give them different opportunities or maybe I run an errand
1: and I take those two and remind them that they do love each other in many ways. So I'm so glad you said that stuff because it reminded me that often I think of siblings as sandpaper to one another. Mm -hmm. And you need to allow the friction, work through the friction, so you can get to the smooth edges. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you allow it to happen in the right way, that siblings can knock off the rough edges and prepare you for other relationships in life. Every relationship we have, as the Lord constructed it, because everything he does and has for us is in perfect order. But every relationship in our life, family-wise, is meant for yielding and dying to self. And that is what we're asking our children to do when they ask for forgiveness and reconciliation. We're asking them to die to self and move on, which is exactly what Christ asks of us. And so he has us come full circle Mm. in those moments. And so, yes, I agree. Don't put the band-Aid on. Let the friction happen.
3: Work through the friction, and let it sand off those rough edges. Mm. Yeah, That's Expect great. the friction because mm-hmm. they're little sinners, and're not they're not <laughs> going to know how to live together rightly right? and, and honor and selflessly, so to actually have to. We have to put in some effort for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it can be so exasperating to moms, but we really need to put in that effort. pays off dividends. Mm-hmm. Well, some of the things that we've done, I would say, Stephanie, one of the things I did with two of my grandsons that I thought, these two brothers really need to bond. And they're only one year apart. So sometimes there's more rivalry when they're very close in age. Mm-hmm. But I thought, they're very different, but they need to be bonding. And I took them on a, a trip the two of them that for a week that I knew would alter their perspective of many things, Mm. but hopefully also of the relationship, because I wanted it to be a different kind of trip. It was a international trip. And I wanted them to say, Whenever they talked about it in life, they knew that they had somebody that understood completely what they were saying. So for the rest of their life, they have this experience, Mm -hmm. and that was really a big part of it. And I think they, they still do, but sometimes it doesn't have to be a big thing like that. I couldn't have done that with my children, but sometimes I can do that as a grandparent. But to look for little things in your children that... They can go to the swim meet of the bigger brother and cheer him on with, Mm -hmm. you know, flags and everything or whatever it is. I loved loved hearing that. Mm -hmm. Share responsibilities together. You know, you two are going to set the table together or you two are going to do this, whatever age they are, but teach them how to work together Mm -hmm. and then shared interests too. That's fun. I have 10 grandkids, we all make Play-Doh together. So whatever, from age 20 down to five, and even if they were one, they sat in the high chair and played with Play-Doh. And it was just such a fun experience. I like to think of things that the entire age group can do together. Cool. We have a idea in our family that,
2: yes, sometimes you have a bigger knot that needs to be worked out, and it takes a little bit more than just a quick Right there in the moment. And so in the idea that in those situations where it's a bigger thing, you are allowed to think on it and pray about it mm-hmm. and work your heart towards forgiveness in that area. And it doesn't have to be immediate. But during the time where you're working out with the Lord or with a parent to be able to go back to that person, you still have to treat that sibling with kindness and respect and gentleness. You may not you know, give them the cold shoulder or just ignore them or be rude to them. You are to still love them kindly and then say, you know, I I need to think about this a little bit so I can get clarity on my own heart of what, what really upset me, what really hurt me, and then to be able to go back to them and say, okay, here's where it really was. I thought it was this, that you said this, but really in the depths, I felt this in my heart when you said that. And I think sometimes just being away from the situation for a moment and allowing themselves, because they're so young, they don't know their hearts. You know, Our hearts are deceitful Mm -hmm. and desperately wicked. Who can know it? So allowing them to work that out and to understand a little bit of what's going on and then going back to them, but still being kind in the moment, because that's hard. It's hard when you're hurt by someone to be kind to them still. Absolutely.
3: And when they've done those three steps, we say it's as if you've just scrubbed the chalkboard clean and you have no offenses against each other. And you hug mm-hmm. each other, like yes. you say. Yes. And and you know when they can go on and do what they were doing yes. that that's actually happened. Mm-hmm. Or if they say, no, I think I'm going to do this instead. Well, maybe, but you want to make sure that it's mm-hmm. not because there's still some hurt feelings there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Stephanie and I probably have a tip that we love we call it the happy men stuff you want to share what that
0: is sure I actually have some very fun happy men that we found at an (laughs) antique store and they're tiny little vintage metal soldiers I mean they're very tiny horses yes less than an inch tall and I found four different colors so they're in a tiny pouch in my purse If there's an opportunity for something to happen, and I try to treat everyone well and love on them, but it doesn't always work out to be fair. And so if there's an opportunity, you can just pull one out of the bag. It's interesting, sometimes when you implement a system like this, you see the fruit of it. They learn it, and so then you don't even have to use the tool as much because... It produced the fruit. They Mm realized, I'm not going to complain because my
3: term will come,
0: or or maybe it won't, but I'm rejoicing with others.
3: Yeah, I think it's great to cheer each other on. And when I would do the happy men with my grandchildren, whoever won, the other three would have to shake their hand and say, congratulations, I'm so happy for you. I love this. What ages did you start implementing the happy men? They happened to be about 8 to 12 at the time. We're taking them on a little excursion, and they can get into it so quickly. And I knew we were going to be in the car for a long time, and we used these Happy Men, which just happened to be the marker men from the Candyland game, Mm -hmm. that I put in a little pouch, stuck it in my purse, and oh my goodness, it worked so, so well. Because sometimes, you know, somebody's going to get a better bed well, or somebody's going to get this or that, and it, it just worked great.
0: Something we talk a lot about in Entrusted is the family plan, and I love having a family plan to point my kids to. Often when we have conflict, I'll say, can you go to the family plan and tell me which one you're struggling with right now? So ours comes out of Romans 12, 9 through 12. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. So the principles that we set up for our family are that we pursue righteousness, we honor and serve, we live for Jesus, we press on in hope, we choose joy and kindness, and we find our strength in prayer. So I can tell my kids, can you go to that and can you tell me which one you're struggling with right now? It's amazing to me how intuitive they are and perceptive of what they're struggling with. And so sometimes I know that they need a little bit of a calming down. And so I'll say, can you write out the family commitment right now? Just having that scripture, you know, letting mm-hmm. the, the word of God be the power in their lives mm-hmm. and not my coaching through it is sometimes the best thing I think that I can do for them. So already they're training themselves. Ah, that verse is convicting am i looking for things to be equal or am i outdoing my brother and showing honor am i outdoing my sibling one of my friends her kids actually did this but she has a kindness jar in her kitchen and it's full of little colored pom-poms and so when someone sees something kind towards another person they move it to a bowl and once the bowl is full they might do something like have ice cream as a family So even though we don't want to be rewards-based and we're not just looking for the external things, I think it is great to focus on the good that our kids are doing. Mm -hmm. We're going to see Mm -hmm. many opportunities for correction, but are we saying, I saw that. That was so loving. That's exactly how I want you Mm -hmm. to talk to your sister. You're being so protective of her.
2: Yeah, and I think sometimes those things are super helpful to hold us as moms accountable because yes. we see the jar there. And right. it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I want to I want to do that. We have an mm-hmm. accountability board. I literally call it the accountability board. And I will put good things that they've done. I'll just write it on there because I know in the moment they might not be in the room when I thought like, oh, yeah, I, he just picked up his socks and he didn't need to be told to do that. That was such a blessing to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'll write it on the board and it is like a way for me to remember that I need to do that. But he can also read it and say, oh, mom noticed I did that. But then I'll also put... The accountability of like, okay, this kid's going to bed early. They they had to discipline, and I might forget otherwise. And so having some type of accountability for myself as well, eventually, once you get in the habit of it, you might not need the bowl or you might not need the board as much, but it is a great tool to use to train up yourself as you're doing it. Absolutely. I always say that
0: children are faithfulness monitors. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, And I learned that kind of as a pastor teacher. You said we were gonna... <laughs> I'm like, you're right, I did. Thank you
1: so much for that. <laughs> it's true. And then as they get older, we recently moved. And I can honestly say that our move was so much smoother because of our son. He is so handy. He's 17. Mm-hmm. And we did not tell him to do all the things, but he saw the needs and filled it. And so later on, you don't You move to a place that you don't physically need a tangible thing. It just starts to happen. Hmm. And you're like, thank you. It's such a blessing to see that in action.
3: Mm -hmm. Right. We used to chart for certain years, but then after a while, you're hoping that it's all integrating and they're self-governing and all these things. But that will be another day that we talk about the chart. yes yes. yes,
0: absolutely and it's such an amazing resource to help your kids develop initiative and to work on those things you're seeing in your home instead Mm -hmm. of developing a new system you can use this resource continually to target the things that are issues in your home because we expect that there will be issues right Mm -hmm. we are working this out our children are working this out and it is an honor to work through it with them Mm -hmm. so we expect yes there will be the friction There's going to be the sandpaper moments, but if you are faithful, you will often find that you will have children who become best friends instead of just trying to maintain peace at your Thanksgiving table someday. And Mm -hmm. I know that's what we all want, and I don't think it's luck. I think there's a lot of intention that can steward that. If you would love to work it out with a small group of moms, we would encourage you to look to Entrusted with a Child's Heart Lessons 18 and 19 dive deep in this, and one of my very, very favorite tips on paper chains is brought up there that I'll let you take the class to find out more about that one, but that was really a powerful tool in our home. Isn't it a blessing to listen again, as we embrace the unstructured time provided for by the holidays? I find it can be really wonderful to revisit our goals and what we desire to have happen in our home, to set our sights on the Lord once again, and to revisit how to point our children to him. We did mention the chart in this episode, and in a previous episode a couple weeks ago, Betsy and I talked about it in depth. If you are curious about that, we have it on sale for the first time ever on our website right now. You can get a two-year supply of the chart We also have our book for couples, Entrusted with a Child's Heart, on sale for the lowest price it's ever been. And those deals are ending shortly, so we encourage you to head over to our website. And while you're there, would you consider becoming a monthly donor or contributing a year-end gift? We are almost entirely run by donations, from believers that desire to see God's word be the foundation in homes across the globe. We would be so grateful if you would consider contributing to that. Please join us in prayer that he would continue to bless the ministry so we can encourage moms like you. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians one 11 through 11-12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.